0: And welcome to the phly eagles podcast presented by bagels and co brooklyn style bagels made right here in philadelphia and we are here in reading terminal Bo wolf rich hoffman to talk about uh the fledgling philadelphia eagles rich we got a lot to talk about we're going to be joined by brian baldinger in a little bit zach berman still traveling back from seattle i know that he's bummed to miss it but i want to start with you rich coming off that game I think we're all thinking about the last, like, six minutes. The Eagles punt the ball away. Drew Locke leads that 92-yard touchdown drive. The Eagles then fail at the end of the game with their two-minute drill. As you wake up this morning, as you are going through your day and you're, you know, frothing at the mouth, angry at this Eagles team, are you more mad at the offense or the defense?
1: Well, Bo, I, I first would like to say I'm excited for the show. <laughs> well. that's, that's You got to give a Zach. That's yes, right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm still really angry. That was brutal last night. And usually after a game, like, I think after the 49ers game and after the Cowboys game, give me 24 hours and I'm a little more rational, I would say. I don't know if I'm more rational right now. I'm not sure if any rational thought is deserved after that game. And to answer your question, I I think it's the offense, man. I am, you know, and and I think the issue with the offense is – I have less confidence in the organization because they just replaced the defensive coordinator when I think the offensive coordinator has probably frustrated me at least just as much this year perhaps even more uh, that is my takeaway and I think Zach said it I think I think you also said it last night like I, I think that is primarily oh baby oh wow cheese
0: we're sticks. just getting we're getting delivered cheesesteaks at the start of the show the Franklin cheesesteak with cream cheese, American cheese, and fried onions. I mean, that's the thing about Reading Terminal. I come here and I'm like, I'm so paralyzed by choice. And it's like, I, I I could just stand there for an hour figuring out what I'm gonna order. So to have the food just delivered right to me, I mean, what what could be better than that? It's amazing, and you you can't even, I mean, you
1: like the, the smells just hit uh, you right away. Can't go wrong. It's, it's amazing. Uh, so Reading Terminal market great, Brian Johnson bad. <laughs>
0: But the thing about uh, running Terminal Market is also they played for Jalen Hurts' dad once upon a time. This cheesesteak, I think, uh, (laughs) is really good friends with Jalen Hurts.
1: Yeah, and uh, (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) That's
0: okay. Um, Okay, so when you are thinking about last night's game and what you are upset about with the offense, is it— the final drive? Is it the second-to-last drive when they when they punted away? Is it the arc of the game altogether, in which a- against the 26th-ranked defense by DVOA they scored 17 points?
1: All of the above. <laughs> I think. So so here's what do you think about that first drive? It felt like that first drive. Mm. They, they, started, looked great. they started to get a little weird with it, right? You know, we th- there were some kind of horizontal bubble screen type things. But overall, like, it felt like the game flow was a little bit different. Um, they were moving the ball pretty well. They obviously score
0: right away. The ball was coming out quick and on time from Jalen Hurts. Um, and, and I said this to Jamie last night, but it did feel like you you think about there are, only, there are only two touchdown drives in this game where the first drive of the game and the first drive of the second half. And in those drives, Jalen Hurts looked good. He looked like somebody who, if he was really sick and had just been pumped up with IV and liquids, okay, he's good. And then as the halves wear off, oh, all of a sudden, like, you know, the way that he looked in his post-game press conference, his, like, one-on-one interview with Zach Berman, he looked like a guy close to death. And so uh, it, it sort of makes sense that that's the, the drives that looked good. But I don't think that you can just, you know, uh, j- just say that. And what's what's interesting about that first drive is, like, what they did on that first drive is not what they did the rest of the game. You know, there, there are these like deep dropbacks. Uh, they are not doing those, uh, you know, horizontal plays for the most part. And I, I still cannot get over the last possession. And I know that like, really, that good. was only to maybe get yourself like a fifty-five yard field goal from from Jake Elliott. However, the lack of situational awareness um, from not just Jalen Hurts, but like the the plays that were designed. Is insane to me like 28 seconds left three timeouts we have seen this you every time you watch football in any situation like that the middle of the field is wide open right and there aren't even guys like there it there are barely even routes being run in the middle of the field the first play is a throw to the sideline to A.J. Brown where he's allowed to be pushed out of bounds insane the second one okay Jalen Hurts takes advantage and makes a good job you know getting 20 yards to throw the deep ball to A.J. Brown And we can talk about A.J. Brown's uh, Twitter antics today, but he says in that post, that's the read. He's the number one read on that play. He's not a clear out. That is so bad because there is like the, the marginal value of getting 40 yards instead of 20 yards there is nothing compared to how less likely it is to be completed. It is a wild play call, and I think like Nick Sirianni deserves a lot of blame for that.
1: We, we are prone to hyperbole in Philadelphia using words like insane. I'm taking and taking a bite of this cheesesteak. You know, just like beyond belief and just straight up dumb. No, that was dumb, though. And you mentioned that, you know, I think a lot of people on Twitter mm-hmm. had a screen grab of the final interception that was thrown to A.J. Brown. They're like, look at Gainwell. He's open. And I'm thinking like, yeah, he, he probably is if like Jalen holds that ball for another beat, but there's nobody in the middle of the field on that screen grab. And like you said, Anybody, and that
0: ball's got to be out sooner on that play anyway. Totally. Like,
1: yeah. Any kid who has played four games of Madden in their lifetimes, oh, oh, wait, I can hit select and, and hit timeout to stop it. They had three timeouts left, man. It three was, timeouts. Like the idea that A.J. Brown is like, oh, got to get out of bounds on the one play too. It's, it's just completely crazy. But frankly, we have seen bad situational football take. from this team. The entire year right it's been bad and, um, you know the the difference is at the end of these games they win and they get to the wipe their brow and say that was close we got to play a little bit better i think all these things come to the forefront when one of those games turns into a disgusting loss and maybe we would have had this conversation at that uh that dallas game at the link if you know dallas scores at the end considering the eagles go three and out on those drives i mean sirianni talks about the two-minute offense being bad the four-minute offense is insane
0: there have been several times this season when they have had a chance to salt away a game on offense and have not done it Um, and I think that that second to last drive was very reminiscent of the drive against the Jets at the end of that game when uh, they they run on first down it's like second and seven or so and it's so predictable it's run run pass and I think that is your chance on second down to throw the ball and get a first down and if the Eagles get one more first down on that drive the game is over and like, the the lack of creativity and, uh, as you said, situational awareness for a coaching staff that just tells us all the time about how much they care about situational awareness. And they're in these meetings, and Nick Sirianni is telling them, here's the situation. You know, this is the down and distance. This is the score. What's your play call? They're not good at it.
1: They're That's bad. bad. No, and, it, and it's been that way the entire year. And let's think about this. How many times after they've had... That poor late drive. How many times did Sean Desai's defense bail them out with a sack? At yeah. The end of the year? And, yeah, we talk about how that defense has not been clutch this season, and I think in a lot of ways that's definitely true. Red zone, awful. Third down, awful.
0: Third and ten, like, beyond belief. Bam. Unbelievable. Last night, Drew Locke on third and ten, four for four on conversions, including two on the final drive.
1: And just like, you know, I'm thinking of the Jimmy Kemsky rainbow uh, drawings where it's right. J- James Bradbury on the other end of those. Uh, but where they were clutch was kind of in the middle of the year. Hassan Reddick was making that big sack at the end of the game. Yep. Against the Cowboys, it was Josh Sweat, who, as you guys have pointed out, where has he been the past month? I am not sure. He doesn't exactly have a sure. sack
0: since that game.
1: Uh, how many times did they bail them out? And it's just it, – it's getting frustrating. Now, I think part of me wonders if last year, and maybe even the year before a little bit, just when, when they had a lead – The Eagles maybe spoiled this fan base a little bit. Just their ability to run whenever they could. Like, that was just a superpower that I don't think a ton of teams have. But, man, it's frustrating to go from that to this, where it's like you said, you know, it's run, run, pass. It's the the coaching staff can't press the right buttons. Hertz can't make the throw on third and seven. He's bailing from the pocket on that final play. Where, as you said, if, if they convert on third and seven, the game's over. Drew Locke doesn't even get the ball back at the
0: end of that game. But also, it's Drew Locke. I know. We can't stop Drew Locke? Look, it's bad. (laughs) 92 yards? Uh, We'll get to the defense. Let's let's stick on the offense for now because um, I do think that, you know, if you are getting uh, sort of conspiratorial about what's going on in the Novocare complex, you know, replacing the defensive coordinator in a panicked way like they did last week, it's very much like... Like, you're, you're throwing a distracting bomb over here. Don't look over here where we are not pulling our weight on, on offense. I'm, I'm curious, how concerned are you about what seems like a bit of a regression from Jalen Hurts? Uh,
1: about, about half and half. I think you made a good point. As I was really disappointed in him last night, but it's like you said, I, I actually think he might have been really sick. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's like right. you said, you know, he drinks it the Michaels. It is part of the 14-game the picture of, what has been a a bit of a regression not just that game i think
1: he drinks the the michael secret stuff at halftime and and then that stuff wears off which knowing
0: how much of a michael jordan fanboy he is he probably does totally and
1: and by the way they they probably shouldn't have forced the uh the flu game uh narrative because you know i I think he's only really set up to fail you're playing against drew (laughs) lock in week 14 that's not exactly uh you know the utah jazz in the nba finals right but, yeah, like, look, I think the, the detail stuff is what kind of bothers me. I, I think situationally hurts, and, and again, it, this happens in every sport. You know, in basketball, I always get in arguments about it. Is it the coach? Is it the players? Is it both? How much do and we... And, of
0: course, it's an impossible mix of all of those things. There's no way to ever know. But
1: but situationally, and the throw we haven't even talked about yet, the throw to Quez Watkins, mm. lunacy! just just an unserious throw what is going on They're they're moving the ball pretty well and by the way i'm gonna add all the caveats on that absolutely pass interference on that play
0: 100 yeah but, and but not like not
1: needs to be thrown you know? Not needs to be thrown I, I guess i i was more angry about it considering bradbury got a ticky one yes or a ticky tack one on the drive before and I, I, by the way i i would like to laud a lot of eagles fans because those were two pretty big plays like Three points on one side, seven on the other. I think everybody realizes
0: that the issues are bigger than one game here. Yeah, year. you do You do not hear much complaining about the refs in that Good. game. Yeah. They don't.
1: Uh, Quez with, I mean, just one of the weakest fights. for the, Go fight
0: for the Some ball. Some of the worst body language you, you've ever seen. It's, it, he doesn't even look back. He just continues running out of the back of the end zone. It's I'm, like... <laughs> It's, it's like the old, like, the Bo Jackson touchdown where he just sort of runs through the tunnel. Yeah, like, yeah. Except, except that's know. after a pick and <laughs> yeah, <yeah>, right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I don't want anything to do with that. And later in the game on that, um, on the, the third down and seven, on the second to last drive, the one where Jalen Hurts is running around like a chicken with his head cut off, and he throws the ball out of bounds. If you watch Quez Watkins, who is not the target, he is, like, already out of bounds on the play, just like he could not care less about what is happening on the field, it looks like. I, I don't even know. I don't understand the playing time at wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Let, okay. let, let's hear that. because Watkins you have Julio Quez and Quez. Watkins played doing? thirty-six snaps like last night. Fifty-two percent of the snaps. Julio Jones played twenty-two snaps. Those two guys combined have made one memorable good play this season. Olamide Zacchaeus has made two. Okay, not not great. Chicks. He played five snaps. What's up with that? Well, like why can't I make it on the field? It's crazy. St. Joe's prep Alameda's a kiss. But
1: I and it's I think w- when you see that Quez play and you compare it. By the way, these are just two plays. I'm not watching every every single play of the season. The Bills play where Olamade fights back for that ball. And really? that's that's a terrific throw by Hertz. I don't want to like not give Jalen credit for that. Quez is not making that play. Well, of course not. You're you're right. He's probably out of bounds. He's probably chilling in the first row somewhere. He might be hanging out with Big Dom <laughs> on that play, <laughs> well. where Olamade makes it. It's crazy. I, I think that's the number one thing for the rest of the year. Like Big Dom being out. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, I, they haven't won since. They, they haven't won since. I, I could probably stop with the Big Dom stuff. I, I, I think.
0: <laughs> you know. Well, you know what I like about the Big Dom stuff is that um, every broadcast team, you can tell that like you know Dom is a part of their production meetings, yeah, right? Because every every different one is sort of like dancing around the fact that they, they love Big Dom, you know, which uh, of course they do. Everybody loves Big Dom.
1: And that's initially why Greg Olson and uh, Burkhart were like, oh, yeah, he recommended us dinner the other yeah, night because yeah. he was in our production yeah. meeting beforehand. Um, look, I think everybody uh, loves Dom. I'm, I'm also not happy that his football team stinks right now, though, and it's, it's not as funny right now. I don't know. That's my that's my angry Philadelphia take
0: right now. All right. Well, uh, before we get going uh, with the rest of the show, let's talk a little bit more about Bagels & Co. Brooklyn-style bagels made in Philly. These are huge bagels, the biggest bagels in Philly, and they have a large variety with usually around 15 to 20 different types to choose from daily. They've got seasonal bagels as well. For instance, for the holiday season, they've got a Christmas-flavored bagel on display for the holiday season. They've got a huge variety of cream cheese, 30 different flavors of cream cheese and schmears. They cater to various sports teams in Philly, and florida and wherever they expand for instance they do an eagle's cream cheese and they'll do a 76ers cream cheese as well it is affordable you get a lot of food for cheap and in today's inflationary world we think that's key for the best brooklyn style bagels made right here in philly head to the bagels store dash locator to find the closest bagels and co near you i like uh, a good bagels and co
1: I got one in Fishtown Do that you? I, that I go to sometimes Okay What do you get? What's your go-to order? Uh, sausage and egg Or bacon and egg I'm not a big cheese guy
0: Okay yeah. Really? You go you go uh, breakfast sandwich Without the cheese? Yeah Interesting I could see that I guess I'm a picky eater I'm more likely to go uh, Egg and cheese Without the meat On a bre- on a breakfast sandwich I would say Well that's why we're a good fit You know Yeah. We've that's got right. all our bases covered Okay And now if you were not going uh, Breakfast sandwich what, what, What's your go-to bagel? Or uh, I guess for a big for a breakfast sandwich, what kind of bagel are you getting?
1: Uh, poppy seed usually. Okay. Sometimes everything. You got to watch know. out
0: for those drug tests, Can't blow in the lane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. All right, uh, let's also talk about game time. You know about game time. We talk about game time. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to the favorite events in your area and do it in a way that won't be stressful. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals and last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Shout out to Zach Berman. Just two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. And tickets make great holiday gifts. I think there's a good chance if you really want to go watch this Eagles team play, the prices may have dropped for Sunday's game or Monday's game on Christmas That's a against Tommy Cutlets. I think this this could be a a buy low opportunity for you. So snag this tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Speaking, speaking right.
1: of Tommy Cutlets, why couldn't our boy Denucci get this much love? He's playing for America's
0: team. That's right. I mean, uh, Italian America's team. That's true. Yeah, I guess. I guess not. Um, okay. Have you have you gotten everything off your chest on the offense? Should we talk well, defense, or you still I, got more?
1: But I just want to say one more thing about that Hertz. We know all of those things about Quez Watkins. He hasn't made yes. a play since twenty twenty one. Yeah. And probably the beginning of twenty twenty one as well. Uh, so you can't make that throw. He's it's just not even there. So
0: I think it's my, also in like, uh, the context of the game at that time, Crazy. if they had just gotten a few more first downs, like the game would have been over.
1: So I'm still high on him. And I, and I do think at, at points in this season, obviously there's been a lot of talk about, you know, is he running as well? Uh, you know, h- how much has that affected their overall I've running had game. The
0: cream cheese in the
1: cheese steak? It's very good.
0: That's great, man. Yeah.
1: Uh, So there's been a lot of talk about that. But, you know, in the middle of the season, I'm thinking like the Washington game, Miami game, Washington on the road. Like he made some really excellent throws. If you look at it, I think he's still like 10th in QBR on the season. I still think there have been some good things this season. But to your point, like I I think he needs to be really good at the details to be an elite quarterback. Like he needs to be somebody, you know, in, in command of situations and kind of at least understanding time and score on those things. And I think that's been really lacking from the first game of the year. He fumbles in New England in just, like, really bad bad fashion. And he's gotten away with a lot of it. But that's probably gone from, you know, a major strength of his to a major weakness this year. And it's not all that the fumble luck has just been bad, too. There there have been
0: bad decisions this year. Well, and listen, uh, you know, Chris Long was making this point, I think it was on Kevin Clark's podcast, about how context for everything matters, right? And there are only so many guys who are going to be like difference makers regardless of who's around them, what, what the coaches are. And if Jalen Hurts needs to have two of the best wide receivers in the league and one of the best tight ends in the league and one of the best offensive lines in the league around him to be productive, that's not ideal. Now, we know that the Eagles are going to build the team around those things because they know that offense is what matters the most. But I think you're seeing that this season has been – you know, if you are worried about does he have another level from last year, you know, I don't know. I, we got a long time to find out, I guess. But um, right now, it doesn't look so great. I just hope he
1: doesn't give a postseason press conference saying that he is the system
0: and mm. he needs to be
1: built around. But, no, I, I like look, I I still believe in the person. I still like
0: the idea of the um, – you know how after 2021, he showed up in the press conference after the Bucks game in the walking boot, like finally revealing that he'd been playing through something. Like whenever they lose in the playoffs this year, he, should, he shows up in just like a full body cast. I'm,
1: think, I'm like, thinking like a full hospital bed get, get wheeled out yeah, for the press exactly. conference. You know, kind of like the Hugh Freeze when he's calling the plays up in the. Uh, oh, that's good. Up in the stands. I was head. thinking I mean, more you know,
0: like the uh, maybe on uh, Zoom. Mista Mista, you killed a guy. Uh, like full, <laughs> like full body cast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's like
1: <laughs> – I, I do think he's banged up, and I still generally believe in the person. I, I do think, though, he's he got gassed up a lot after last year of, oh, Mr. kind of accountability, and this is the person. I Look, so, some of that is handling it well when things don't exactly go your way. I'm still confident he's going to get there, and I'm still confident in kind of the person just – judging his overall story and how many things he's had to overcome in his career. But yeah, this is, is definitely been a little bit of a speed bump in his career.
0: We were, uh, I was talking to, you know, we're we're happy to to talk to all the, uh, you know, the, the PHLY diehards who were here talking to us before and after the show. And I was talking to Marquita before Um, wonderful conversation. And she phrased this, I think better than I could possibly phrase it myself better than I have heard. She said like, this is the first time, she has felt gaslit by a team. And I think that's right. Like, over the first half of the season, we're all sort of buying into like, oh, this, this magical thing that Jalen Hurts has. Um, They're just you know, winners, man. like the Brandon Graham, like you must not know Jalen like I know Jalen. And like, I am mad at myself for like, Me too. not sort of believing the things that I know to be true, um, that like a lot of this stuff was was not for real and, and was was due to regress. Um, and I love the way that she put that because that's what it feels like. It's like, oh, man, like I can't believe I let myself believe that that this team was something that it's not. Um, and, and that they were like puffing their chests out as if they were this thing. Meanwhile, you know, the first time they, they face real adversity, they're pointing fingers in the building, they're firing people, they're chirping at fans, they're talking, they're you know complaining about articles being written by reporters like, I'm sorry, what, what happened to keeping the main thing the main thing?
1: It's why, like, I'm not even looking at this as a Super Bowl contender anymore. Oh, God, I, no. I, I'm just, can you lose with dignity? Can you, <laughs> can you go out on your shield, like, yeah. the right, the right uh, way? Yeah. I'm thinking back to the, the 2018 season, where, now, in fairness, yeah, that team only won nine games. That team got a little bit lucky to even just get into the playoffs. Yes, they you, needed, needed,
0: you needed a Cousins collapse.
1: They, they needed some crazy stuff in Minnesota on the last week. I guess not that crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a Melvin. You know, it happens. Uh, but... I just feel like they face a little bit of adversity and everything crumbles. And it's like, I don't know what the organization is right now, where it's like you said, you know, you have Darius Slate, AJ Brown. Guys, get off Twitter. Enough. Enough. Just uh, I I don't want to hear that anymore. And then you got you got people questioning reports. But you the main thing is you have coordinators getting fired at the end of the year. And by the way, Matt Patricia, who I am not the biggest fan of, he's like. 258 on my list of things I am specifically mad about. <laughs> I am more mad about the decision, though, that to put him in that role,
0: oh, but yeah, it didn't but really change it, it, anything. It, this, this, of all things, is not his fault, yeah. No. Um, I Yeah, I don't get the sense that this was like, uh, from people talking to people like, you know, Matt Patricia angling for the job and trying to sort of backstab no. his way into the job. I don't think that's what happened here. And I'm also not, like, freaking out about, like,
1: oh, James Bradbury's playing, like, one-on-one coverage on the backside. Like, yeah, that might not have been a great call. But, man, it's been the stuff we've seen all season, you know?
0: Let's talk about the defense because I I do think that that final drive was the perfect test case of, like, does this matter? Does the defensive play caller matter? And, you know, for them to set things up this way where it's totally stacked in Matt Patricia's favor where you're going to fire Sean Desai, not, you know, quote-unquote, you know, promote him upwards or whatever, um, after playing – the Niners and the Cowboys at the back end of that brutal stretch now you're all of a sudden you're facing an offense that is not that good and you've got a final four game stretch that of course the defense is gonna dead cat bounce better than it was Um, but you got a chance to go win the game and they were terrible on that drive now some of it is is some of the play calling stuff very predictable Uh, they this was their lowest blitz-rate game of the season uh, they played, uh, I think, the fourth highest percentage of zone on third downs when they were once again terrible. That didn't have to do with the, the, the coordinator. They were 50-50 zone and man. Um, and on that final drive, the, I do believe that, like, of all the things that were supposed to be true about this team and are not, the biggest disappointment is the defensive line. And on that final drive, you know that it is sh- strictly pass situations. And they are 10 straight dropbacks, four-man rushes on every single one. So 40 individual rushes from Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Jalen Carter and these guys who you're paying a lot of money to and expecting to be impact players. One of those plays, one guy sort of gets close. That's Fletcher Cox in the second play of the drive. One out of 40 in a, like, you got to get there situation. They They barely even breathe on Drew Locke. It's pathetic.
1: Yeah, and maybe I went a little too far with my Patricia praise. Maybe I'm just i the, the no, you're,
0: you're, you're a Patricia boy now. I'm a That's, Patricia. Yeah. In my mind, you're yeah, a Patricia yeah. head. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, you know the pencil. You know it gets me. Yeah. It, it brings me back to, to better days. Um, what was I thinking? About? But I just think the personnel is so bad, man. It's I, I just really think bad. it's so bad, and it, I can't. That's get part work.
0: of the other reason. It's hard to it's hard to not think that the Desai thing is like you know. Look at this. This was the problem. Let's point the fingers here. We can all agree that he's the one who can take the fall, not the rest of the coaching staff not like oh by the way it's not just Sean Desai you had to replace it's Nick Rallis and Denard Wilson like it's the whole defensive coaching staff and oh by the way the personnel is really bad on defense so I'll let you I'll let you go there
1: well and I mean I think a lot of people have pointed out on that last drive you have you know you got Killy Ringo on the field who I looked pretty good well, look, you know his sample size was small, but it wasn't great yeah. heading into the game, so I was a little worried about
0: him. Yeah, I think he actually wasn't on the field in the final draft. He wasn't just on the final drive. It, it was Job, right? It, it was, was Ricks.
1: Oh, it was Ricks. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: well, that's why you're here. Thanks. It's fact, okay. che- fact checking. Fact uh, <laughs> checking. And, it, and, and uh, it, it could have been any of those guys, and they were still going to be targeting James Bradbury. It was
1: Ricks, and it was Roby, and they're going at Bradbury. Yeah. And you know they're going to Smith and Jigba at the end of the game. Yeah. Like it it's wasn't. It wasn't dusted. just like just going to DK. Like. Right. They, And that's really disappointing. Um, And it gets to a point where, you know, are you mad about the linebackers thinking? Because you've you've mentioned they don't pour any resources into linebackers. They they are getting what they paid for. I I guess here here is my question, because you mentioned Fletch. Like, Fletch had one of the two sacks in last night's game. What do you think of, like, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis? Because I I think probably about five, six weeks into the season, I felt like it was like a thumbs up on both those guys. They were trending in the right direction they both had some dominant moments at times uh when you're this bad for about six weeks at this point i i don't really know what to think about the the two high draft picks that they you know they're counting on being dominant players at least Jalen
0: carter well carter did have a sack last night uh, on that one you know the the, the, uh, pete carroll timeout then challenge turns into a sack um I'm less worried about him than Jordan Davis. I, I mean, I think Jalen Carter, over the, over the arc of the season, has been very good, <laughs> especially knowing uh, that rookie defensive tackles usually do not make an impact right away as, as pass rushers. Um, I think he's had some really good reps that have not led to two sacks. He was quiet for the, the past few games. I thought it was nice to see him have a couple flash reps yesterday. Jordan Davis, like, in the beginning of the season, I thought the most— Uh, encouraging thing on the whole team was Jordan Davis turning into a factor as a pass rusher and that just has not held up Uh, and I don't know if it is like the you know the the longevity of the season if that's a uh, if if that's a a fatigue thing or if it's just that he is a guy who's going to be up and down and you you don't know if he's going to be there every week he's still a helpful player um, but yeah I mean you wrote about this in the newsletter today, which I thought was a great point. Like, if you're thinking about this team big picture, it really does feel like the best players on the team are often still Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, right? Like, they're not going to be here forever. I
1: know, and, and that, that's why, you know, this defense, they've all had, the, especially the line, they've had flashes this season, but it's, I can't reconcile how bad they've been for about – you know it's ever since the bye at least right with you know what I think of them individually and some of their great moments because like you said Fletcher Cox has been one of their best players he's been one of their most consistent guys when I am least frustrated with kind of the older players that you're bringing back and you wonder in the offseason ah, is that the right use of resources and and that guy is the one who's really kind of held up his end of the bargain wild then what do I think about these other guys and it's uh I don't think there are really any good answers, but I, I, the defense to me, it, it, as much as the offense frustrates me, and that's the coaching for the most part, because I still think there is the talent there to be quite good, the defense, I just look at the personnel and I just don't think it's very good. And, you know, for a lot of this season, we still heard, oh, this is the most talented roster in the NFL. Now, you, you can't be the most talented roster in the NFL or really even that close if the defense is this weak in so many spots.
0: And I think that there is there is something to the defense um, that is, I don't know if this is a Nick Sirianni thing, if this is a Sean Desai thing, and maybe this was part of the contention behind the scenes with Desai. But like you know, I thought Keely Ringo looked pretty good last night, and maybe in the beginning of the season he was terrible in practice, and some some light you know clicked on for him midway through the season. But for uh, a team that went into the season with Super Bowl expectations, right? That is, Those are the stakes that they are playing for. I think that they have been really, really myopic and nearsighted the whole season. This is a big part of the defensive line rotation. You know, I think part of the reason that Josh Went doesn't have a sack in the last five games is because he's already played more snaps than he played last season, right? Um, but also, like, the the, the uh, defensive line, the top guys playing more, That was that was bad and we were calling it out from the beginning. This is probably going to come back to bite them. But... You know, Sean Desai was playing guys like Eli Ricks and getting them involved, and, and they didn't have a lot of young linebackers to play necessarily. You know, the, the curse of Christian Ellis does continue, but like if Keely Ringo got some time early in the season, if Sydney Brown, who, you know, wasn't perfect last night but was flying around and certainly brought a little bit more like verve to the defense than some of the guys they've had, maybe if those guys had played more early in the season, they'd be better now when it matters more. And I think that they have just been. Like not taking the big picture into account at all, um, and you know Nick Sirgani will, will admit this. He will say like the goal every week is to win the game that week and do whatever it takes to win the game that week. And I just think that the the, the person in charge needs to be thinking more big picture than that.
1: I mean, I, I think you could counter and say, hey, the, the goal is to win the final game of the season at some point, and right. you know, if you beat Washington in week three, that doesn't necessarily line up with that. Uh, with that vision, I completely agree with you. And obviously, this is uh, this is the Christian Ellis part of it too. Um, yeah. Anybody playing the drinking game, they can uh, sure for, for that mention. Uh, I agree drink the
0: uh, uh, the holy wine. The holy wine.
1: Yes. Uh, so, I, I agree with you, and I think you said it on last night's
0: pod. You're like, what other washed-up veteran can we bring into like you know? Totally, Shaq Leonard. Like, snap like away just, snap, snap, just snaps. It's
1: just not even in half of these plays, What's and it's it's really bad. So bad. And by the way. Sidney Brown missed three of like the you just have to make those tackles they were completely damaging one of them was on the touchdown run to uh to Kenneth Walker he missed three I completely agree with what you said listen at least he's there man like it like at least there's a chance that he might actually make that play at some point whereas a lot of these guys I I don't I don't think they're gonna make it and you know I, I haven't looked at the numbers the run defense on that first drive after the second half? That, so bad. That was what this team hung their hat on for a while, right? They were, I think they were second in run DVOA. I think Dennis said that um, before the uh, before the bye, right. right? Where where the heck has that been?
0: Well, yeah, it's like the question that Jamie asked at the end of the show last night. Like, what are they good at? It used to be, okay, they can stop the run. I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess pass pro. Yeah. But well, Jalen Hurts was not hit once last
1: night. By the way, and also, pass, bro. I, I, I'm kind of worried about Jalen. He
0: just bails from the pocket yeah. so much. Where I that like, third and seven, that second to last possession, it, it it seemed like he could just step up and throw the ball to Devontae. Like he was open over the middle. I don't know.
1: So there's not a lot going right with this team right now. That said, Michael Clay special teams.
0: Oh yeah, here pretty we go. good. Which I mean, if you want to be uh, flowery and you want to you want to have a reason to believe, I wanted them fired last year. Right. Everybody was coming after Michael Clay last year. Uh, he was a young coach. That was his second year as a coordinator. You know, maybe that is uh, hope that Brian Johnson will will grow into becoming a better offensive coordinator as, uh, you know, as his career goes on. Um, that's about all I got on that on that front. But, yeah, I mean, the special teams have been very good. Yeah, that's all I got, too. Okay. Uh, all right. Before we move on, and I think we're going to be joined by Baldy in a few minutes here, let's talk about our friends At Wheelhouse Cards. You know all about Wheelhouse Cards. I'm I'm guessing that Zach is probably driving home somewhere on the Jersey Turnpike right now from his his landing in Newark. And he's thinking to himself, man, I wish I could be doing this Wheelhouse Cards read so I could talk about Reed and how much he loves cards. Because we know that Wheelhouse is our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Tops, Chrome, Base- uh, Chrome Baseball, and Mosaic Football, as well as t-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell & Ness, 47 brand Junk Food Starter, and Shy Vintage Sports. Shout out to Destiny, who said hi earlier. Our old friend uh, from uh, the Eagles Game Day Operations writes about the Phillies. Uh love Destiny. And uh, she's at Shy Vintage Sports as well. Looking to grade your sports card collection? Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Um, all right, Rich. I, you and I were, were chatting before the show. I wanted to ask you a question. Um, of all the decisions that the Eagles made this offseason, so that is hiring Sean Desai or bringing in Matt Patricia or hiring – brian johnson or letting cj gardner johnson go signing james bradbury re-signing darius slay doing nothing at linebacker if you could you know snap your fingers and redo one of those decisions today what what do you think it would be and maybe tell me tell me your process
1: well and i think it boils down to ultimately i think the coaching part of it can be remedied quicker right there's no salary cap on coaches if they do make the decision that You know, Brian Johnson isn't working out. They can find somebody, and I'm sure there would be a ton of really bright offensive minds that would love to work with this offensive line, whatever is left of it. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, obviously. Um, But I do think those are probably in the top three or four, right? Brian Brian Johnson, Sean Desai, those things have not exactly worked out. Ultimately, though, Bo, I I settled on the players, and I I was really torn. There's really two two moves that I would say – are are roughly the same issue. Okay. But I'm going to go with this one Um, because I I, I really thought about James Bradbury after last night. I didn't like that one.
0: And I think the context for that one is they entered free agency, I think, with the expectation they were going to try to bring back C.J. Gardner-Johnson and rework Darius Slay's contract and they were going to be priced out of the Bradbury market. And things didn't go well with C.J. Gardner-Johnson and all of a sudden the Bradbury market was not that robust. And okay, well, for this number we can bring him back. And I think they're probably going to be able to move on from him this offseason. Slay is here for more than another year, for, for at least one more year. But I, I think there's a chance they can cut bait with with Bradbury. I don't think it was their plan A, but that is, you know, that is what they did.
1: Well, so I, I like that you said that they can move on from this year because this this bolsters my decision to move this thing up to number one. I think I, if I could change one thing, okay, the Eagles' what, the 31st pick, 30th pick, or whatever mm. would have been Joey Porter Jr. And not um, that's a good one. Not Nolan Smith. And look, I understand at some point like this could be a Brandon Graham, Earl Thomas thing, right? Like Nolan Smith could end up being a great Eagle. He obviously seems like you know a fun guy. And sometimes pass rushers don't. It doesn't work in one year. But right now they are so slow on the back end, and they are not getting anything out of Nolan Smith. He did play a few more
0: snaps last night, right? He did. Yeah, he played. Let's see. I can pull it up. I, he, he didn't play a ton of snaps, but he played as uh, as our friend Baldy walks in. Nolan Smith played nine snaps, so actually not that many snaps. Back down from like twenty-one snaps the week before. Yeah, they're not getting much from him.
1: So that would be my move, just because I think if you if you did hit on a corner, a younger player, you would have that guy under cost control for a few years,
0: and it would be much easier to build a team. Should uh, we should we re, re, uh, rejigger here? Rejigger, okay. Set up a, set up a third for Baldy. Uh, I think that's a good one, and. You know there are a couple ways you could have gone with that, and certainly, um, you know it was it was under their organizational emphases. We knew that they would go with a, a defensive lineman. Howie's not going to pass up on that, but I think that's a good sliding doors one to consider.
2: Baldy, you're looking sharp. Hey, who do you say that? Well, I mean, it's uh, an occasion. You know, it is. We got a live remote going on here.
0: We got we got all kinds of food too. If you want to you, know, you want to you uh, munch in that now. Yeah, that. I
2: mean I, I just got here. You okay. know, I figured I'd talk a little bit. We're coming out okay. tight.
0: Now you you watched the film today? Yeah. Give me your like your top line takeaway from from watching that game. What was what was the number one thing on the tip of your tongue?
2: Well, the Eagles uh, could not get one explosive play on offense. Built on and that defense gave up like nine or eleven the week before something crazy. Yeah, but they didn't play that style. Okay, I mean they basically said you can run it, you want to run it thirty eight times for one hundred seventy eight yards, we'll let you, but we're not going to let your ball go over the head. So they didn't get one ball over their head. They tried, but like uh, they wouldn't let anything go deep. And that was that. Uh, that was Clinton Hurts' game plan.
0: Now, that was also sort of Brian Flores' game plan all the way back in in week two, right on the Eagles said okay you want us to run on you we'll run on you they didn't do that last night um do you think that that is a a coaching decision you think that's jalen making plays at the line what's what's your read there
2: well they're very predictable the offense i mean there's not a lot of pre-snap yeah. motion movement um, there's none of that i mean they kind of line up and play and you know i mean there's been a lot of talk that they throw to three guys and they do. Right. When they throw to another guy, and he gets picked, it's a disaster. Yeah. So I mean, even go back to last year when they had Zach Paschal, and then all of me, you know, Zacchaeus this year, and Brandon Julio. Like, you know, if you go back to the Buffalo game, I mean, who caught the biggest pass? It was Zacchaeus He played five snaps last night. While Julio and, and Quez
0: are playing like fifty something combined. I don't understand that.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. I, you know, I don't know the personnel and you know what they have. But like, I just think, um, you know, like. You know, Christian McCaffrey was on the Manning cast last all,
0: night. Yes, of course.
2: I mean, uh, the Christian That's, McCaffrey has no business, no business whatsoever. He's not even on the, the Eagles' offense. Like I know they there. just played, but there's no reason. If you want to say something about the defense, fine. But when Christian McCaffrey's telling you Jack Stoll's in there to run, wham, he's there to win. <laughs> it's to empty. Move. Oh, he's gonna, he's gonna, it's gonna be a quarterback draw. Like, oh,
0: I mean, isn't look, I pathetic? think you could go
2: back and look. Ron Calcaterra, he got hurt last night, but yeah. I mean, if he's in the game, it's a run. They never throw to the him. They never pass the ball when he's in there. Right. So there's a lot of, like, the players think it's very predictable. I mean, look, last night's corners for Seattle was yes. Artie Burns. I didn't know he was still in the league. Great Artie Burns was out there in Trey Brown. That was their corners. Like, you know, there's no Devin Witherspoon. You know, Tariq in is bench. Yeah. Like, they had, like, the backups of the backups in there, and they were defending all the slants and basically all the passes.
0: And so – After watching the tape, to you, was it Jalen was missing open guys, missing reads, or was it more about the structure of the offense?
2: No, he missed some reads. I mean, you know, the 37 crosser, you know, goes down to A.J. I mean, you know, he's got to hit Devontae on that cross. It's a first down. I mean, they had four possessions in the second half. They had two interceptions and two punts. And the third down decisions, one where, you know, he just bailed out of the pocket for no reason. Pocket was perfect. And he just bailed, and there was nothing on that side. That's when he was scrambling running all over the place.
0: And it, that one, it looked to me like he could have just stepped up and thrown it to Devontae. Devontae's open over the middle.
2: Well, he could have done that easily, <laughs> but he didn't. I don't know. Like, he, he, he takes off sometimes for no reason. And so I can, if, if you know, if, I don't know, Leonard Williams comes free on a twist stunt, okay, I get it. You go. But, like, they had that thing. I mean, it was a clear alley to throw the ball.
0: Yeah.
1: Buddy, I'm curious about, like, the, the deep shots to A.J. Brown, it felt like they hit on a lot of those last year. Yeah. And now it just feels like, you know, they're kind of these low percentage throws when, like you said, you know, they have Devontae on these crossers. Uh, is there anything different they are doing this year um, that is leading to those not being as successful?
2: Uh, I don't know if there's anything different. I mean, obviously, they hit a ton of them last year and they were a big play offense and A.J. was loving it. Um, they, But I, I feel like if like even uh, on the throw when they should have hit Devontae and they went to A.J., like there's a miscommunication on the play. Like AJ's running a go route, but you know Jalen's not throwing a go route. Jalen's throwing a, a fat a back shoulder fade stop. So like, what's why is there a commu- miscommunication in week 15? Like between like, I gotta know who's right or wrong. Like I I could kind of figure it out, but I but but regardless, um, you know that's that's a if you're gonna take that shot, you got to make it at least a, a good percentage throw.
0: I'm, uh, I'm still
2: hungry. But the, But even, like, if you go back to your point, like, it, you know, on the, the first interception to Quez, yeah. it's really a bizarre play. <laughs> it it's, really is. Because here's what's going on. So they got twins to the right. Okay, so Quez is in the slot, and A.J. is out wide. And there's clearly an audible call. And Quez is signaling A.J. about what the play is. Now, if you wanted to take the deep shot, there. Why wouldn't you put A.J. in the slot okay. and let him go against Julian or whoever's back there? But why would you go to Quest? But regardless, they're so confused by what the signal is that the Kelsey snaps the ball and neither one of them leave the line of scrimmage. Oh, jeez. They didn't even leave on the snap. They're looking at each other when the ball got snapped. And so A.J. was just like, hell with it. He just didn't even – he barely – like he just jogged.
0: This does tend to happen sometimes.
2: It does. It's a problem. But, I mean, it was just a bizarre
0: sequence. And then we were talking about it because Quez, you know, he doesn't fight for the ball at all. At all. But he just sort of keeps running. He doesn't even like look back. He's a limited player. Yeah. Um, The other thing we were
1: were, uh, confused about, what were they doing at the end of the game there? It felt like they could have used the middle of the field to try and get in. uh, I I cannot get over this.
2: You need 15 more yards for that kicker. 15 more yards to be in legitimate field goal range. And And you got time for two plays before the field goal. Yeah. I mean, it was was poor decision. You could have checked it down you know, and picked up a bunch. Um, you know, Jalen ran for 20 to get him in that position and got down and got to the next play. They had plenty of time, and they have been good. Two timeouts. Two timeouts. They, they have been good in that spot, like whether it's the end of the half or the end of games. They've been good at maximizing. I mean, I've seen them start drives with 30 seconds and score. Like, they for them to make that decision and and throw that pass when there were so many other options, is a little bizarre.
0: And AJ says on Twitter that he was he was the primary read on that play. Okay, which I don't understand. Like, it, it, there is no value to getting, as you said, you know, 40 yards instead of 20 yards there, and you're you have a chance to run two plays. Now all of a sudden, because you're going deep, it's only going to be one play. It doesn't make any sense.
2: No, no, it was it, it, you know, it's, it's poor, poor execution all the way around.
0: All right, let's let's talk about the defense. Um, we're all thinking about that final drive, the Drew Lock drive. Um, and you and I have talked for a while about how the defensive line is not pulling its weight, given the organizational investment. Ten straight dropbacks on that drive. Fletcher Cox sniffs him once. Like, we're talking about 40 individual rushes and one guy almost gets home. That is, I mean, it's concerning, Well, it's right?
2: bizarre. It's bizarre. I mean, you know, on the game-winning touchdown, neither Fletcher Cox or Jalen Carter are on the field. You know, Mojo, um,
0: Mojo yeah, oh, on the field. Oh, one on of his, the field, uh, one of his six snaps. Yeah,
2: but you know, they they ran this. They ran Fletcher and Jail in eight straight plays in a row, so they were gassed, and you could tell they were gassed. But what's the point of having eight defense alignment up if you're not rotating? And it's clear that Jordan Davis is not thought of as any kind of pass rusher because right. he's not on the field at all. But you could have used him in rotation, some kind of rotation. Eredick um, was gassed. No Brandon Graham. Like they 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 you know, they put sweat and Reddick out there for all ten plays. You're right. I mean they ran they threw the ball ten straight times in a row and uh Drew Locke was probably feeling like it was Friday afternoon.
0: Yeah. Now now usage wise, you know, schematically, did you notice any major differences with, with Patricia
2: at the helm? He didn't blitz at all. He didn't I mean, blitz at all. No. There's no blitzing, no pressures.
0: He blitzed like five percent according to the numbers, like half of their Previous low. Yeah, but of the even season, the blitzes like, were
2: just basically linebacker yeah. drawing a block. Right. It wasn't like he was rushing. He was just trying to draw a block to get the guys one on ones. And, you know, Jalen won one on one. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of wins out there. Now, Big Abe and Charles Cross are good players, but I mean, you put them out there uh, long enough. Like, you got to win eventually.
0: Hmm. So, uh, I guess the question that is really on everybody's mind, Baldy, is is there any hope?
2: Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, I saw. Like I, for example, um, I was in San Francisco for week 11. They, they were playing uh, Tampa. And it was after they had lost three in a row, had a bye week, hadn't won a game in a month. Right. Quarterback turned it over a few times. Defense didn't get one sack against Kirk Cousins. Joe Burrow had his way with the defense. So they come back after the bye. They go down Jacksonville and they wax them. And so I just t- said, Fred Warner, are you guys fixed? Did you fix? He goes, we're locked in and we're fixed. I don't don't know that anybody could challenge this. Like, he knew it. And I saw him uh, last week. I saw Fred last week, and it was the same thing. Like, we're locked in. So, the Eagles, I think the team knows that they're very predictable in offense. There's times – there's ways to tweak all that within the scheme of what they do. Um, They got three cupcakes coming up. I mean, it's cupcake. So, um, they get plenty of time to get this thing fixed and still win the division of a home playoff game and get back into it. And speaking of cupcakes, I think we got some We got some banana pudding over
0: here. Zach Berman is going to be very jealous because everybody knows oh, about uh, Darius Slay's wife's banana pudding, but we have the Sweet Nita's banana pudding here. I'll jump here. on that. Uh, and that, that, looks, that looks great. Yeah, I'll have some I mean, some do you want, well.
2: uh, like, like, a breakdown of this right now?
0: Yeah, let's get it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, well, first of all, the vanilla wafers crunched into it mm. are must. Like you got to have it. Really good. Yeah. So you get the crunch right away, but then the flavor. Like this is a meal. It's not a snack. It's not a dessert. This is a meal. Like there's a lot of good health benefits to this right here.
0: Um, I got to tell you, yeah, this is not like the Eagles' offense. This is unpredictable. Every little bite, bringing something different. There's mm. vanilla in the best one.
2: Yeah. Mm. It's definitely ain't vanilla. That's good. <laughs> you can't go wrong yeah. with anything that has uh, bananas in it. Like it's just uh it's the most um bought item in the world are bananas most purchased item in the whole that. world of bananas yeah I did this research on it. most purchased item play <laughs> what, what went into the research I read the Encyclopedia britannica <laughs> no, I read the whole thing front to back and front to back front to back Love it. and you know and they have bananas in there and they're the most which, bought which came item early in the world.
0: and it came early on so it's you know it's a B so it's impressive that you retained that knowledge all But the way I used through.
2: to make um I used to make banana bread Okay, I do that uh, with, when I with, my, with my son still. And the key to banana bread is to get the oldest, mushiest bananas you that's can. Right. Get. That's That's right. You know what? Like the fresh banana, you don't want gr- obviously no green bananas, but you want really old, stale, oh yeah, beat up, mushy bananas. That gives you the best flavor. And I have a feeling they do the same thing with this.
0: I mean, that's an elite breakdown, just like this is an elite banana pudding. Um, my only pushback to the comparison to the Niners of uh, their their three game losing streak. The Niners were, at that point, now it was early in the season, uh, they had a steady hand, right? They're not firing coordinators behind the scenes. They're not panicking well, about what's going
2: on. There was a lot of calls for Vance Joseph's head. Okay. He made a bad call in the Minnesota Viking game. At the end of the half, he had ran a blitz zero, which they never do because they don't need to. And that's when Jordan Anderson caught the ball and went 60 yards. Right. Broke the game wide open. And that was right before the bye. And there was a lot of there was a lot of heat on Kyle, to like this isn't the right guy. This is not what we do. And Kyle called him out. I Kyle remember, called yeah. his coordinator out publicly. And he didn't just say Van shows him that's the word. He, but he basically said. Like that there's no reason for that call.
0: Which is funny because it's the precise opposite of what Sirianni did. He did not call anybody out in public. Instead he just fired them behind the scenes.
2: Um Well, it looked terrible last night. It's a terrible look. To I mean, make there's him Troy, be,
0: be sitting there
2: like Sean decide. I don't know what he's doing. Is he charting plays? Right, you no, know, it looked like, like he you had know. a
0: coloring book. Like
2: he might have been, yeah. but I you know, it's just a bad look. And you've never seen you can't really go back I'm not Pretending to understand like what Weeb Eubank did in '69 with the Jets to win it all, like if he—I don't think he fired any of his coordinators back then—but it's not something that you typically would do. But I—I I just don't know, you know. Like I saw James Bradbury in the lineup, out of the lineup. I saw Josh yeah. Job at corner. I saw Josh Job on the sideline. I saw. Every single corner lined up and played outside last night. Yes. Like I, it looked like it was an audition to see who wants to play corner. Yeah. Like maybe that's what Patricia does. It was but like Ringo typically, and the guys want to be on the field and they want a chance to like get a feel for things. You know, whether it's jumping a route or what how the quarterback's eyes are, does he drop his eyes, does he keep them up? Like you you want to stay on the field to be able to make a play.
0: And where would you rank the performance you saw from the Eagles linebackers in the game last night among uh, the linebackers
2: you've seen around the league this year. Well, on a 23-yard touchdown pass or t- t- touchdown run by Kenneth Walker. Yes. <clears throat> both linebackers disappeared. Yeah. They just literally disappeared. Now Kenneth Walker's a good back. He stepped up third and one. They stepped up to clean him up, and he bounced as soon as he saw it. He saw it. It was Shaq and it was Morrow. As soon as he saw both linebackers step up, that's when he bounced it. And literally, I mean, he was just out there on the perimeter at that point. Like, there's an old saying at linebacker, like, slow do you know. There's no reason to just fire your gun right there and just sell out and just give yourself up. And there's just literally – I mean, Drew Locke is throwing a block down the field. Which he did, like, several times in this game, it seemed like.
0: Um, Well, I don't know. You know, I thought that uh, Keely Ringo looked okay. Is that, like, like one small little uh, bit of silver lining, you think? Well – that's a deep breath. That's that is a deep breath before. Uh, I feel like we're not we're not going to get a positive on this one.
2: Look, that that game, they could have won that game three different times. Yes. So whoever's on the field, whether it's Keeley on the field or whatever, like obviously they need somebody now that slays down for however long he is down. They need somebody, <clears throat> and maybe Bradley Roby is their slot defender. It, it seems like every position is up for audition right now, which is not good. Um, you're going to see a really good tight end, Trey McBride, this week. Um, but, or, no, I'm saying two, two weeks, weeks yeah. two weeks against Arizona. Uh, they, I mean, look, they've given up 30 touchdown passes. I mean, it's it's only Washington's given up more. And we know what Washington's defense looks like. So it's a, it's a problem, it's been a problem. Um, I would say that, you know, Drew Locke started a second game, basically, in the last four years. Yeah. And he took him down the field like it was uh, like he does this every week.
0: So fair to say then that you can't just overlook Tommy Tommy DeVito for the Eagles' defense.
2: Well, I mean, if they, like last week the Saints ran the exact same stunt three times, and they sacked Tommy DeVito all three times <laughs> in the exact same stunt. So. Um, I would think that the Giants, if, I mean, if I was the Eagles, I'd run the same stunt, see if they could stop. They couldn't stop the last week. And they just beat the hell out of Tommy DeVito. And so and they didn't really let him scramble. And so they did a good job on him. But I, I think there's a way to to put him in his place.
1: I remember you said before the Dallas game, they got to score 30 to win these games. Do you think that is generally the formula? I mean, obviously, week to week, defenses get better and worse. But if they do figure this out, if they do, you know, get that. Up- like I
2: was saying, like, they didn't need 30 last night. But thirty would have put them away. Yeah. Um, but but even in the first half, I, I know Seattle. I've done three of their games this year. I know that personnel. I know they're I know that team really good. <clears throat> I was saying to myself in the first half, do they know they're playing the Eagles? Like why are they, like they're not doing anything on offense? Wasn't that bizarre? It was bizarre what they did. And you know, I mean Pete's very conservative. He's not going for it on fourth downs. Okay. But still, they, they they weren't doing anything to free up D.K. Metcalf. And then once they kind of got going and Walker got going in the second half, they started to look a little bit like they're capable of. It. But I thought maybe they're just a bad team and they're not going to figure this out. And then they kind of found a little bit of a rhythm. All right. Well, I guess But I do we'll... think going forward, I mean, when you when you play games in mid-January, whoever they play against, I feel like they need to put up 30 to have a chance.
0: Yeah, I, I just cannot imagine, given the personnel on defense – that they can stop any of the nfc contenders when when it really matters
2: well you know you saw the cowboys last week had no ability to stop buffalo's running game They you have 266 yards rushing they're going to see the number one rushing offense in football in miami this week and it might be more of the same but it's a very outside of san francisco and baltimore it's a very flawed field so everybody's got them can you accent the flaws and then can you hide yours that's kind of what it's at where it's at right now.
0: And they've got sort of three weeks to figure out, you know, yeah, but what, even with what, that, what you're right. But
2: even with that though, like if you go back to their Super Bowl year, okay, obviously Carson gets hurt <clears throat> and Nick comes in. They played the Raiders on Christmas night. He was awful. It looked terrible. Horrible.
0: And everybody's thinking, oh, maybe they need to go to Sudfeld.
2: They were to- they were asking about that. Yeah. And then the next week they played the Cowboys. And they, they started. Them. They didn't have to. They played the yeah, they played like They played like, one like series. the first half, and he was awful. So I remember seeing um, some of the personnel people, Joe Douglas, after the game. And I said, well, what are you going to do? Like, I don't know if they knew they were going to play Atlanta right away at that point on that Sunday night. But anyways, um, they said, we, we, we got to be able to run the ball. Like, we got to basically what we were saying was, we got to hide our quarterback. And... Nick becomes the MVP of the Super Bowl.
0: And he didn't turn it on until really the second half of that, that Falcons game. He, you know, he struggled in the first I half I mean, if game.
2: Julio doesn't slip in the end zone, maybe Atlanta wins that game. You know I mean? Maybe that's why the Eagles brought him in.
0: Like him and Patricia, it's like, thank you guys for thank your, you for your contributions yeah. to 2017. But, you know, we will give there, you a paycheck. There's a
2: danger to what they've done. And I'm a Kevin Byard fan. But you bring in Shaq Leonard. Like last night, Kenneth Walker put him like in a deep freeze yes. last night. So you bring in Julio. You bring in... You know, I mean, you bring in these guys, and they're all older players. They're all in their 30s. You are preaching my language here. I mean, there's there's a danger to just bringing in older guys, period. They're already old with Fletcher and Brandon. They're, you know, they're already limited by how many snaps. I mean, Fletcher's probably playing too many snaps as it is because he has to. But, you know, Brandon's down to 15 snaps a game. And so why wouldn't you just put your number one pick out of Georgia out there on the field?
0: And get the like the long term benefit of it. If they struggle and they're not like hundred percent ready early in the season, guess what? There's a chance they will benefit from those reps in you know down the stretch in December and January. All of those things will like you know, it's like the it's like the Siriani flower analogy. Like you plant those roots, you have a chance for them to grow, and all of a sudden that like progress is stunted by all of these sort of patchwork fill ins, I feel like.
2: I agree. All it's right. a young man's game. It is a young
0: man's game. Unless, I mean, you got Baldy breaking down banana pudding. We got Weeb Eubank. I feel like that was a a, a perfect.
2: I tried, to, I tried to, like, make 60 years of history seamless. It was beautiful. Yeah. Uh,
0: that'll do it for the PHOY Eagles podcast live from Reading Terminal. Stay tuned. We've got the all-city, all-NFL show coming up with Baldy. So, uh, you know, check that out. And that'll do it. We thank everybody for, uh, for joining us. Thank you to Rich for stepping in. Thank you to Julia behind the scenes. And we will talk to you tomorrow at 10 o'clock on the PHLY Eagles Show. As always, we thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later, and we love you.